Brilliant. How are you, Mike? Well, I'm pretty good, actually, for a few different reasons. One of my real high points of this week, Jonathan, has been the fact that we're getting trolled. Is it trolled or trolled? Yeah, somebody gave us a bit of a trolling, didn't they? I love that. And obviously, the person that's trolled us has done it under a false name and all the rest of it. And I'm not saying this to be confrontational, but if that person actually wanted to come on the show and share their valid viewpoint... <laughs> I'd be into that, wouldn't you? What? Come and man up. Tell, tell, us, tell us to our faces. And I'm not saying that to be confrontational. I don't want to fight. I think it's a fairly confrontational thing to say. Do you reckon? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think that's pretty intense. I reckon we're going to get trolled again. I hope so. <laughs> I've literally told all my friends that we're getting trolled. I think it's mega. Yeah, I, I, well, I think there is a concept that if you're getting trolled, you're doing something right. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, so I'm not completely heartbroken. I'm just going to stick this out on, on LinkedIn here now uh, to say, paste. Oh, good. I'm glad you saved your admin for the live show. No, I'm, I'm just putting here, we are live. All right, cool. Uh, right so, that, so, I'm, so I'm pretty excited about that. That's pretty good. Uh, working week has been pretty good. We interviewed somebody today who is, I'll give him age right here, 19 years younger than me, who was born in 1997. <laughs> I was at university. Yes, well, that's somebody to come and work at Inward Revenue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which was actually a bit of a, high, a, a highlight of the week for me, actually. Good um, stuff. Yeah, very exciting. Um, all things being equal, so it, it, I think it, it, that we're close to getting somebody on board in that particular position. They'll be well, helping well, us with the Well, it's production quality. It's production quality. Uh, we agreed you were going to keep an eye on your little metering. Right, okay. You went red then. Right, okay. Okay. Oh, I did it on purpose. Anyway, come on, let's get on with the book. So just turn that down a notch. So. Right, testing. That's better. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, uh, viewers. Welcome, friends. Welcome, listeners. Welcome, trollers. Yeah, welcome, trollers. So, uh, we are on Book Club. You can't teach kids to ride a bike at a seminar. This is the Sandler Training Seven Step System for Successful Selling. And we're on David H. Sandler, founder of Sandler Training. This week, we're on chapters seven, eight, and nine, are we not, Michael? We are, yes. And so the, we've normally done two chapters a week, but when I read the, through this this morning, the third chapter, which was on rapport, uh, was so brief, we thought we'd throw this in one to this Yeah, week. well, luckily we both did the same thing and both yeah, read it, actually. So we're, we're, we're so both small. a little bit ahead of the game. So how were chapters 7, 8, and 9 for you, Mike? In summary, 7 I quite liked. Um, 8 was my best chapter yet. Uh, but I thought 9 was an absolute load of rubbish. Yeah, uh, I pretty much concur with that. Um, and I think we will... Uh, get to that as we go. So let's start with chapter seven. What, what, what so, have we got in chapter seven? So I think the, we've got an opening here, which is, let's have a look. The title is, Can Asking Questions Be the Answer? And I put, hmm, that's a good start. Yeah, and his, his opening gambit is, if you want to escape the traps of traditional selling and surpass your best performance of the team, learn the reversing technique as soon as possible. When you do, you'll stop telling and you'll start selling. David H. Sandler. So, uh, the, the fact can asking questions be the answer, yeah. You know, if all, if all you did was turn up an appointment and ask questions, you'd be all right. Well, you could turn up to an appointment and ask one question, with, which is a one-word question, which is why. And I've got to tell you, you'd be better than the vast majority of salespeople. Yeah. I mean, the opening line of the chapter is, 
I've discovered that if you talk less, you'll sell more. And that's a rule you can take to the bank. Yes. Um, and then he talks about a tr traditional sales trainers have created a problem and how um, he said, I, I, I think this line about how traditional sales trainers have created a problem because they teach people to talk. I very old-fashioned, that. Yeah, I think that's a very dated He's referring concept. to IBM pitch, really. But pitching, elevator I, pitching, bloody bloody blah. Actually, you've got to take it into context as when it was written. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it it, look, it it reads like an old book in certain contexts there, doesn't it? Um, and then what he talks about, traditionally trained salespeople talk 70% of the time in front of a prospect when they ought to talk less than 30% of the time. And I put... Uh, I actually wrote a note here saying, uh, my concern is that a lot of people aren't taught how to listen. Yes, that's a very fair point, actually. That's but, a very uh, good point. You know, Well, you and I have both been Samaritans. Correct. Number one place to learn how to listen. Couldn't agree Phenomenal. more. You know, if, if somebody ever said to me, what's the best sales training money can buy on this earth, I would say it's Samaritans. Yeah, you've got to go and be one. Yeah, you've got to go and be one and you've got to commit to it for at least a year. But Sounds will, cynical, but I'll tell you what, you'd be a much better salesperson. Because miles better. Infinitely superior salesperson. Why? Because you really learn how to actively listen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that I think a lot, of the, a lot of this chapter is that. So he then goes over to the next page where he talks about the surface of the water. And again, you know, I, I tend to reference this quite a lot week on week uh, in terms of NLP, and I look at this from through my NLP lens. Ah, you've skipped one actually. Have I, I skipped a page? A little bit. Go on, go, go I, ahead. I, just, Mike. I tell you what, I keep getting through this book these these sort of little cynical references. Questions flatter the prospect and show your interest. I read that and thought you're really cynical, Sandler. Yeah, really cynical. I really dislike that about him and how he writes the book. And the more I read it, the more I do think it's a good book actually, and it's a good system. But the more I really dislike him. Ooh, really what, you've, not, you've not bonded with him? Not in any way at all. As much as Jordan Belford and all the criticism you can you can pour at that. By the way, Jordan, thanks for connecting to me on LinkedIn. Yes. And Mike. Yes. I think you connected to me first and found you by other people <laughs> looked at. But actually, I just think the guy's so cynical. I don't know how he had a professional career as a salesman. Well, it's very cynical, isn't it? Flattering your prospect. Oh, that's flat you. Nice suit. But anyway, I'd skipped it. And then I've put, actually, on the same, our book's laid out a little bit differently. Yes, it is. So hence um, why we're in a different And I've put order. all these different questions you've got. There's 13, 12 questions, isn't there, that you're referring to there? Yes. Um, th 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 they're all really negative stances. And I thought point, question, point 13 that you should have written about questions should be, question help you understand needs. At no point in any one of those 1 to 12 questions is he put, questions actually help you understand the client's need. And I don't get why he didn't put that. Yeah. That should be number one. Surely, you're, you're bang right, Mike. Surely the question should be, you're bang let's right. find out what the, what, what the prospect actually wants. And that really, I just thought, they were all defensive ways of defending himself as a salesperson. Questions help you gain credibility in the eyes of the prospect. Amateur salespeople frankly spend their time promising more than they can deliver. It doesn't happen when you're asking questions. Questions help prospects solve their own objections. It's, all, it's combative, isn't combative. it? Combative. It's defensive. At no point does it say, if you ask a question, then you'll find out what they want. I also, what surprises me is he hasn't written here, questions help you build rapport. Yes, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, he go, and, and, and the chapter on rapport, which is frankly an utter disgrace. <laughs> it's a joke. It's an utter disgrace. Actually, 
I, I, I'm sure most people will agree that watch this show will say, if you ask a good question, that's an, an essential part of the rapport building process. Well, I don't know if you read the book Question-Based Selling. I haven't. Oh, a blinder. You know, a good, a good question makes a client sit up and think, ah, finally, somebody who cares. Well, the Question-Based Selling book was actually written by an IT salesperson. Right. Now, it's quite old because he goes on about some form of networks that are just ancient. Right. But I find a very simple one in our market would be meet a software vendor. And actually, you know, I, you and I have both been in IT sales a long time. But if you had to turn to the client and say, listen, is it on-prem or SaaS-based? Just that as a simple question, all of a sudden the client goes, all oh, right, you actually understand the difference between the two? Yeah. That's just instant rapport. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 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 I wrote here, uh, Mrs. Graham is actually waiting in reception for us as we are having a little team night out tonight. Aren't as we? is with, Mrs. Price with uh, my with, two with, with the ladies uh, whilst we shoot the show. Um, Mrs. Graham, who is in sales, and if you are watching on your phone, I doubt it, you probably on boohoo.com or something, buying stuff. Um, but Mrs. Graham often uh, says to me, if I could write a sales book, it would be called Shut Up and Close. Yes, she's got a swear word in it, but she's right. Yeah, it would be called, and, and, and Mrs. Graham's book would be called Shut Up and Close, and, and her whole point is, just shut up, listen, and then close at the end, and you'll be all right. And I think that's what he's getting at here, really, isn't it? Yes, 100%. But he, he doesn't talk about listening. He talks about reversing, and he talks about it in almost a... He talks about controlling the client in a cynical way. Yeah, I mean, I wrote here, there's a, there's a little part here, I'm just going to hone in on my face because it's so handsome. Um, he put here a little role-play bit. Will this software package work with Windows? That's an interesting question. Why do you ask? I'm wondering just how difficult it will be to run in Windows. That makes sense. But can I ask why that's important to you, prospect? Because all other programs I've tried to run in the latest update haven't worked easily. And do you know what? I, I'm not averse to that. Yeah, he's talking about not not creating your own objection there, really. Yes, he's saying don't... But he's saying if you ask and you keep reversing and you drill deeper into the conversation, then you can avoid dropping yourself into a deep objection yeah, that yeah. then is difficult to get out of because you were talking too bloody much in the call. I get it. And I'm not averse to that, and I'm not sat here at any point saying that's rubbish. It's not. In fact, it's excellent. And in fact, do you know what? I wrote the top of the day book this morning, Why Do You Ask? To prompt myself to see if I could work that into some questions and see what kind of responses I got. So I'm with him. But actually, I think that this is a bit of an old technology. And I have a couple of objections, which is the way he talks about some of the techniques. For example, controlling the interview, pressure-packed moments, situations you can't handle, testing the water. He talks about it like he's invented the microchip. He probably had at that time, though. Yeah, OK, maybe contextually. Yeah, all right. Um, but actually, what I'm interested in here, and what worries me is, I think there's too many, the magic wand reverse, the you start reverse, the off the record reverse, the change of pace reverse, the reverse, 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 reverse. Yeah, yeah. Did you, you've skipped out there that I, something I quite liked, actually, where he's got a little bit of role play. Prospect, the price is too high. Salesperson, which means... I sort of quite liked that, actually. I thought there were... Yes, but what I wrote here was reflective listening and probing. Prospect, the price is too high. Okay, I'm hearing that you feel the price is too high. Well, it's just listen, pause, clarify, isn't it? Well, not even that. Shut up, reflect it. Just wait and see what happens. Reflect and shut up. I wrote, actually, listen, pause, clarify, next yeah. to that same bit. So I get it, The, it, uh, uh, but I, I think some of it's a little bit confrontational and it could be handled in exactly the same way with actually some just good reflective listening skill. 
I agree. And then I've gone on here, actually. So one of the subtitles is the exception to reversing. And it goes, da, da, da. the prospect goes, how much is it? And then at that point, he's put, don't antagonise the prospect, answer the question. Yeah. I was glad he put that, actually. Yes. Because at some point, well, answer the question. Well, I think last week I mentioned that uh, I got vexed with a salesperson that tried a reverse on me. Yes. And I got vexed in the initial reverse. Mm. And, and I, my actual response was, because I want the answer. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, and I do, I've written here, so many golf clubs in the bag, but only most people only ever use their driver and their five iron anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I think he's, he's given us a lot of golf clubs here. He's yes. given us a full set of 14, hasn't he? Yes, it's very difficult to learn that. That's what my concern is. I think that would, they're good. You know, the you start reverse. Mary, we need to discuss all aspects of your problem. Is this a fair statement? Prospects, yes. Fine, you start. That's great. But it's beautifully elegant. That. It's really good. But how does Joe, sales professional, integrate that? That's going to take some integrating. Yes. Now, there's an argument that says, well, if you want to make money, integrate it, shut up, practice it, go home, learn it. But I, I just feel like there's too many golf clubs in the bag here. Over-regulation. Yep. And actually, most of us go out on the golf course, we use the driver, the 5-iron and the putter, depending on the length of the course and how well we hit our 5-iron, 7-iron. In your case, driver and a wedge, Mike. No, I tend to use all the golf clubs, actually. I like hitting them. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't, you mind. I, I get a metaphor. I, it, yeah, if you go into most golfers' bags, most people only use two or three clubs, but they've got all this kit, this hybrid club, that hybrid club, and it's brilliant. You can buy all the golf clubs in the world, Actually, most people will only ever default to one or two sticks anyway. Well, yeah, because because extending your metaphor, you get you know you get good at swinging certain clubs. Yes, you have confidence in certain clubs. I, I I used to be very confident correct. with my driver. Correct. And, and I'd hit my driver. You know, I play golf with some pretty good golfers, really, who'd go, "Wow, it's a bit narrow at two eighty, so I'm going to hit my three wood to two seventy. I'd think, oh, whatever. I just know I can hit my driver straight, so I'm going to hit my driver. Correct. And we all have a club in our golf bag that we believe in. Yes, mine wasn't the putter. And it's not like it's our lucky club. It's just a club that we know we are confident. If we swing it, we can hit it. Well, it suits the plane of your swing because of the length of the club. Yeah, you grip it and rip it. And I think with this amount of technique, particularly with a a, a neophyte, as he refers to them, I think there's too many techniques. What did you think of the no-pressure reversing exercise? Are we going to be uh, getting a dollar? (laughs) Funny you should say that. Um, I did actually write down that I think as an exercise for this week, you and I need a quid uh, or whatever, like a little do, and I think we should try it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I did wonder whether, if anybody could be bothered to comment on our posts on LinkedIn or maybe even like well, or to share be fair, it. No, to be fair, a lot of people did like and share this week. Did they? Yes, we did. Just not so mine. thank you to everybody who liked and shared. Keep liking and sharing. But I did wonder whether we could just have a whole exchange about that on LinkedIn, really. Yeah, I think I think we should maybe just start an, an extra thread on it. There's a couple of bits here that he talks about, the exception to reversing, and then he's talking about this bit, the stroke-repeat-reverse technique. Thanks, Fred, I appreciate. And he talks about the stroke, giving the customer a stroke. The fact that you're telling me I'm close, there's the repeat, but let me ask you a question, brackets, the reverse. I've put here first, I ripped that apart here. 
um, and I really didn't like it um, at a technical level. And my, my, my objection was, he's put here, okay, firstly, I appreciate, I think the word I appreciate in a sales call is now really hackneyed and ancient. I think you can really, it's overdone. Customers know it's coming. They know, I appreciate what you're saying there. We know it's coming. Yeah, so it's so widely used, it's hard to sound sincere. The next bit he's talked about is uh, the fact that you're telling me I'm close, but, let me ask you, well, but negates the sincerity of the word appreciate. I don't appreciate it. It's interesting, you know, because we're, we're getting close to a bit that I've written, oh, that's really nice. Yeah, uh, and then he then says, but let me ask you a question, which I then don't like, which is the fact that... Well, you're that, asking to ask a question. Thank you. And if you ask to ask a question, you've then made the question much bigger than it ordinarily would have done had you just come out with the question. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. So I, I, I was really concerned about that. But I do like the fact that what he's doing is he's addressing elephants in the room. Well, that's so, a precursor to his uh, upfront contract, isn't it? Yes. Which I do. But, uh, but I can't watch chapter A lot is, of this it. reverse stuff. Is about being direct, about being direct about what's happening there and then in the conversation. Mm. In psychotherapy, they call that immediacy, which is where he's getting it from, which is from this transactional analysis bit, where, for example, if you're a psychotherapist and the the client slash patient is being grumpy with you, a good therapist will say, "What's happening for you right now that's making you grumpy with me?" Okay, and they'll dig into what's going on between the two of them in the conversation. And I think what your man. David Sandler's getting at here is being immediate, for example. So if the client's being resistant, he's getting at being a little bit more, what's happening for us here that, that's not working? And I, and I sort of respect that a little bit, and that he's saying drill, go deep. But I, I wrote here, drill, go deep, listen to the words being said, and you'll be all right. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I, I don't think the book's very well written. No. Do you know what I wrote here? You know, with the no pressure reversing exercise? Just for viewers at home, Mike has mentioned this completely independently of me, and we've read the book independently of each other. I've written, shall we have a go? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, and I think we definitely should, and I think if anybody else fancies it, maybe we should do like a charity no-pressure reversing exercise. Yeah, yeah, right. Amongst our viewers and a handful of loyal fans. If you're in, anybody's got any ideas, we could do like a charity no-pressure reversing week. Yeah, that'd be a good media exercise, wouldn't it? If we could do it online or something. Yeah, or... And, we, and we can all keep, maybe we all keep like a tally of how, how many no pressure reverses we all do that week. Even if you're just keeping a five bar gate. None of us will ever agree with anything. Yes. Um, and then uh, chapter eight then, Mike. So my comment says, best chapter of all. Oh, really? Best chapter I've read. And the, 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 the subheading is... Using this technique creates an environment in which the prospect sells the salesperson. Once you master negative reverse selling, you can sit back and watch your prospects sell you on Love wanting this. I've got to say, I was very positive about it too. This was, I, I, I think it is the best chapter thus far in the book. It gives a nice uh, 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 metaphor of the fisherman, doesn't he? Yes. With the pro fisherman. So basically he says, I mean, I've never been fishing. He said, but there's a pro fisherman, an amateur fisherman. And he basically says that the amateur fisherman reels it in a bit too quickly where he should actually let the fish have a little nibble and take the line a bit further, then the fish should be more hooked on the hook and then he'd be able to reel him in better. Yes, he's saying don't close straight away. He's saying let the, let the fish bite more of the bait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And I thought it was a nice analogy, that. Yeah. So what he's effectively getting at here is a technique in which, rather than closing the deal immediately, you allow the customer to tell you more and more about what it is they love about the job. Yeah, and you allow the customer the a little bit... Or the, 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 they allow the customer to buy it a little bit more before they're properly closed. I did actually put in my in my book, but... I've often found that if you so so what we try and close um, clients clients on is do you want to work with him with revenue correct fundamentally I've actually found that the quicker you close the quicker you get their objection which is a bit more Jordan Belfort yeah and a bit less David Sandler yeah it'd be interesting I mean obviously you can't do it but interesting to get them both in the same room because the two books are completely opposed what Belford would be saying is just close man and then you'll find out what your objection is what Sandler's saying is let them buy more and more sold, and then they'll be easier to close. Yes, they're, they're, they're two very opposing views of, of, of the art of selling. And I couldn't decide who, was, who, who I liked more. I, but I did really like what Sandler said. Whether I would do it or not is a separate conversation. But I did like it. I thought, right, okay. Yes. So the, I think what he's basically, and just for, the, for everybody watching, what he's basically saying is, the client says to you, and I think there's a, a really good uh, prospect says, I think I like what you're saying. Sales oh, that's the bit I've underlined, actually. Yeah. Salesperson says, interesting. Based on what you've been saying up until now, I wouldn't have guessed you had any interest in my product. What did I miss? And what he's effectively really saying is... Really elegant, that. It, 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 in other words, or you could even be as simple and as inelegant as, tell me a little bit more about what it is that's exciting you about the product and getting the prospect... Well, they reinforce their own bank I've, I've written here, reinforcement. It's just... It's beautiful. Yeah, you're getting him to... Uh, I think in NLP we talk often about a three times convincer for some for, for, for belief. I, I did actually put, I don't know how yours is written, but above that actually it says, a professional salesperson knows when to close the deal, full stop. I actually would add it to that. A professional salesperson knows when to close the deal or why to close the deal. Yeah, okay. Because I think why is related to when and never really talks about that. Yeah. But I mean, I'm behind critical of a... Of a Piece of the book that I really liked, actually. And what do you think of this pendulum oh, theory? I was about to say, I don't know if you can see that. I can't even see what's on the film ready or anything. But what have you written? I, I just, I well, was going to pendulum diagrams completely different, Mark. I just, I've written under, underneath it. I really just thought it was absolutely superb. He's on about creating inertia in the sale, and I just thought all of it was good. I liked it because do you know what I liked about it was, given that we did the Way of the Wolf book in the previous uh, cluster. The way the wolf is talking about where you are in relation to the two lines. Yeah, same thing. Whereas here we've got, I liked the inertia and the momentum same, of I the deal. Same metaphor though. And the cave, for me that works because I get the rhythm, I like the rhythm of the dance of where you are with the customer. Mm, mm, mm. So I, I, I liked that, you know, with the pendulum being right at the top for sold and back to it's over and, and creating momentum with the way you, that you reinforce. Um, and in the, the whole concept, I've written here, he said here, it's important now to consider one of Newton's laws which states that a body in motion stays in motion and a body at rest remains at rest. Combining this principle with negative reverse selling gives you an enormous advantage in every sales meeting. And I wrote, love that. I agree completely. Yeah. And, you know, if we all think as salespeople, how many deals have you lost because it just lost an emotional momentum? Yeah, 100%. Well, I always look, you know this, for when I'm trying to, sell to clients, I always look for a change in cadence of it. A rhythm. And the minute the cadence has changed, I think I've got a problem here. Yeah. There's a rhythm. I'm sure people will agree 
in every deal that you win, doesn't matter what, whether you're selling recruitment services to a prospect or whether you're selling... Well, we sell legal software. Yeah, data analytics software to somebody in the banking sector. There's a rhythm with which that interaction moves. Somebody's going to write a book one day on on maintaining that cadence or that rhythm and getting in rapport with I wonder, for example, I wonder, rhythm. for example, you know, we're about to head into the darkest depths of August here. Um, and everything we all know the whole world disappears over the next few weeks. Well, I've got on LinkedIn, I'm going to become uh, French. Yeah. I think they've got it right. But I wonder how many deals just drop out through lack of that pendulumic. Or I wonder how many salespeople are smart enough to know that's going to happen. Yeah, and closed before the holiday, or at least instinctively smart enough. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I like like that. I thought it was absolutely excellent. Yeah, and you know, he's written here, I really like your service. That's fine. However, are you sure you've given this enough thought? Brilliant. I mean, it takes nuts to do that. But do you know what? You weren't going to get it. You weren't going to get it, were you? Yeah. And how often have we had a client or a customer say to us, yeah, it's great, it's great. Yeah, brilliant. So what? Okay, you sure you thought about it? Why is it great? Well, he's going to go on about that being wishy-washy, isn't he? Yeah. And, with the, and, and he said, with that gentle negative reverse, the salesperson moves below the prospect. No pressure, no threat, just reassurance in the beginning of establishing rapport. And that, I think that is true. You know, we've done it well with clients where you often gain rapport with the reverse. For example, Mr. Client, this candidate, there's something not right here. Well, you have to say, well, I... Um... I, th- I think that's different, actually. I think you gain rapport because you tell the clients the truth. Yes. And I think the that honest need- That honesty and that... But what he's saying is the honesty and the professionalism of, are you sure you're happy with that you've thought this through properly? Well, do you remember years ago, it was with a company... Uh, I probably shouldn't name them, so I'm not going to, called Future Master. And I said to the guy at the time, I said, I really don't think you ought to... I said to, I said to both candidate and client, I'm not I'm really sure about this. I really don't think you ought to progress. I don't think this is right. Now, they ended up hiring the guy and he was there for five years, so obviously maybe the re- maybe the reverse made them talk themselves Yes, but I wasn't it. doing it on purpose. I just didn't think it was the right thing to do. I didn't think they should do it. When I was reading this this morning, I did think of a number of occasions in which I've actually honestly tried to talk either a candidate or a client out of going for a job, mm-hmm. and it's ended up going against me, and I think I've realised it was actually I've inadvertently reversed A subtle it. reverse, yes. Yes. Yeah, uh, so I like it, and I've got to say I will use it. Uh, yeah, and then we got on to, I don't know, well, my next notes are uh, one around, so get rid of a bomb, defuse it before it blows. Yep. Now, I've got to say, that is what you always do. Something that you'll find if you do with Jonathan or I is, it feels, you will feel like I gloss over everything and don't look at the individual points. I actually do. But I, I don't necessarily get stuck into each one. Johnny is hard work to get fa- past first base, the first objection. You find every little bump in the road and try and flatten it out as you go. I'm a big fan of looking the devil in the eye with a client. At all points. Yeah, really big fan of that. And I think, you know, it's different styles, obviously. Yeah. But I put that, and I, th- and I put JG always does this. I'm a big fan of knowing what my objections are probably going to be before I walk into the meeting. And if, if I think it's an elephant in the room, I'll say, listen, let's talk about the elephant in the room. I'm just getting it out there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, yeah, 100%. A big fan of that. Right, and then we're on to chapter nine, which is called "Good Morning, Sir." Oh God! So, 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 so why uh, uh, do you want to start with why you hated this? Just where do you start, really? Uh, the start of the chapter it says something about there's two versions of this su- successful bonding and rapport, and then literally about you know four lines in it says so. Here's the short version: always make the prospect or customer feel more okay than you feel. 
that's it. End of story. You can read on if you want or not if you don't. Can I interject? I wish I hadn't read on. Um, what he's referring to here, in a very glib way, I've got to be careful because the guy I think is no longer on this And as much as we knock it, he's a top guy. And actually, I've really enjoyed certain parts Brilliant of it. Brilliant. This book, part yeah, of the yeah. book. Oh. Um, what he's referring to is a book called I'm OK, You're OK. I've never heard of that. Which is a distillation for the Joe public of transactional analysis and this concept of okayness. Right. It might be, I, if it, I might have a little flick through it this weekend so I can bring it into conversation, reference it next weekend. Um, so he's talking about this okayness concept. My first issue is I don't think really he has talked enough about that conceptually for the reader of this book to grasp it. Well, what's interesting, Johnny, is I didn't know that until you just told me. Yeah, he's nowhere near. And I've near read a few it. sales books. He's nowhere near. But I mean, he puts. I underline this: the way people get to feel okay about themselves is to find someone who is more not okay than they are. I just thought, what? Yeah, but that will make that will make sense if you read. I'm okay. You're okay. Well, how many, hands up. How many of you have ever have read that before? I've never heard of it. Well, I, the only reason I know about it is because I've got a mate. I told you last week whose mum was a relationship therapist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to read the case files, and she was all about TA. and so and, and he went through loads of therapy, and it was all TA. So he will often talk about his okayness and your not okayness. Right. And, my, and me being in my no. parent and him being in his child ego state and how I need to perhaps address my child more. And, and you know, I've had 20 years of him talking to me about it. Um, but by and large, I don't think that is really great stuff and I don't think it's of any use to a salesperson you know if we had a new young consultant in here tomorrow learning about building rapport I would not give them that yeah exactly and then the next subtitle is amateur salespeople are for the birds and I just wondered about this whether this is part of his dummy routine it felt a little bit like it was well he talks about don't appear to be Mr or Ms altogether he took once some part of it he says when you're leaving the office and you know it's right, turn left. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not going to do that. No. I'm uh, not going to try and appear dumber than I am. I don't get it. No. And maybe it's like our that. market. Maybe in our market... We're full of alphas, aren't we? Necessarily whether alpha male or alpha women, there's a lot of alphas in it. Yeah, sometimes. I think, I think in our market people want to deal with smart people and know what they're doing. Yeah, but I do in general. If I go to Curry's, I want the fella that's telling me selling me a telly to know more about it than I do. Yeah, and I don't. Do I want him to be less okay than me? No. Not really. I don't think I do. But that's what I didn't get about it. Because actually, up until chapter nine, I'm cynically reading the book. And for those of you who haven't guessed, I'm a fair cynic, really. But I'm cynical about everything, not just sales books. And I, and I put it down chapter eight. I thought, chapter eight, right, brilliant, great. That's why I read three three chapters, not two. Because I liked chapter eight he, that much. Because you had momentum. And then I thought you had, the, pendu- you had the pendulum. Of yeah. Three. And then I thought chapter nine. What? What on earth? Yeah. Never anyway. use Bud's word. So I just think Never some of it's Bud's- just cheesy, real cheese. He's written here. Use dummy up phrases like "I don't understand" or "Can you help me with that?" or "What do you mean exactly?" Um. Uh, He's put struggle a little bit. Be assertive, not aggressive. Fine. Allow your prospects to know it all and get their okayness needs met. Avoid playing one-upmanship. And actually, 
Uh, I think our clients look to us for expertise, whether you sell ERP software, BI software, or recruitment services, surely. Well, I think firstly, it's a little bit too trite. You've got to read the scenario in front of you. I've been to meetings before where it becomes an intellectual pissing contest. And particularly when I was younger, and I was, believe it or not, somewhat baby-faced, um, you'd go to an appointment with a client and they'd be a bit like, where's your boss, son? And you'd be like, well, I am the boss. Um, uh, obviously, I've aged a bit since then. But you would end up in a little bit of an intellectual pissing contest until the client realised, actually, you were worthy of being in the room. Mm, mm. Um, and it was almost a little bit, that's right, yeah, I know a damn load more than you think I know. Uh, you've got to read the situation in front of you. And, you've, and I don't know why I'm on my golf metaphors this week, but you've got to play the ball as it lies. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. And that's part of rapport building is you've got to work out what's in front of you. He's being very trite here. Um, and I, I didn't like it. I've, then he... I've, I've gone on a little bit there. I feel like I'm writing a report. I don't like this fake it till you make it thing either. No, I didn't um, at all. Sales are lost when the prospect senses the salesperson needs the order. Okay, I agree. We've all, we all smell a salesperson that needs a deal, don't we? Yeah, but surely as a buyer, you just take advantage of that and knock a bit of the money off it. In fact, there will be times... But what I wrote here was I think the, this particular bit, fake it till you make it, is a direct contradiction of the rest of the book. Sales, in fact, there will be times when you really do need the order. An effective technique to help you stay in control during these times is to repeat to yourself over and over again, I am financially independent and I don't need the business. Agreed. We, we all need to come from the idea that we're all 250% to target at any given point in time. But that's actually a contradiction of a lot of the stuff he's talked about earlier in the book. You're right. Now, I do feel like I'm writing a report card on his book here. Because uh, further on, under what is rapport, I mean, a lot of it I don't like, actually, but I thought, now we're talking, this is better, David. <laughs> Smiley face here. But, um, and, and actually, this is where the title comes from, where he's walked into, a, into an office and said, is that a sailfish on you all? And I've, I've seen this in a lot of sales books, actually, where Jordan Belford's done about it, where, he gets, where he's got a salesman who fakes being into duck hunting and all that kind of stuff. I think... You know, David Sander is absolutely right on the money with that. Yeah, very nervous about what he's talking about, physiology and mirroring and matching here. He's given one, two, three, four, five chapters to a subject that other authors could give five books to. Well, they give their life um, work to it. Yeah, I, I think if, as a salesperson, you went in and copied somebody's body language, please, it's so cheesy. And it takes a long time to learn it takes a long time to integrate. It's a bad idea. Do you remember once you went on an appointment and, and you told me that the man had no shoes on? Yeah. And you said to me, I wish I'd taken my shoes off. Yeah. What would have happened then? He, he sat there in his, in his socks. I wonder what would have happened. Well, he didn't become a client, did he? So didn't really, so. Maybe I should have taken my shoes off. But, 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 you know, sat so he, there with his shoes off with his socks on the desk. It was a very arrogant thing to do. Anyway. Yeah. And I mean, then, and that's what I sort of got a bit bored of this chapter, really. I thought, right, uh, yeah, tonality, I bored. moved through it. Uh, uh, please, if, you, if you're reading the book at home, move on. Don't I, read it. Don't read it. I thought, you know, a very amateurish explanation of NLP. And I thought at the end, a really poor chapter, chapter nine. My words were, terrible chapter. I put... Terrible. Yeah, I mean, I put, I put really poor chapter. Yeah. But I don't want to end on a negative, actually. Because, because chapter eight three... was great. Ah, absolutely dynamite. Um, and I've, I've actually read chapter 10 as well as it happens but um, I, I, 
in terms of where I'm up to with the book, I think it's been a good book and I can see why people like it. I agree. And I, I tell you what I think is, it's really interesting that we are going to do our, we're having reverse week next week. I'll have to remember that. We've got some, yeah, we've got something out of it. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, I, I, and actually, we're going more practical and we're going more real and we're going more granular than we've done with any book thus far on the show. We're actually going to try a technique and really work with it for a week and report back. Yes. Um, so uh, for that, for chapter eight and the concept of doing gentle reverses, well done. That chap- The other chapter, terrible. But overall, yeah, good. So I'm looking forward to chapter 10, actually. Don't do anything unless you know why you're doing it. And, and in, in that particular chapter, he talks about um, upfront contracting, which, again, is something I've, I've read often that. done. I've read that. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, we'll so I think we've got some really exciting chapters next week. I think, well, actually, we're getting into the real nitty-gritty of the book over the next few chapters. Uh, stop selling features and benefits, rude to discuss money and getting money conversations up front. I think there's going to be some really good stuff coming up here and some good techniques. So I think we've got through the slightly boring intro of why I'm great. I think we've got into now some of the technical stuff. I think we've got some stuff that we're going to work with. And actually, thus far, in many respects, this is the best book we've done thus far on the show. Yes, it's not my favourite sales book, but it is a good one. Uh, well, what we, how many have we done? This is our third book we've covered on the show. that first one with Patty McCord. Which is a bit boring, that took a bit of reading. But anyway, so we ought to introduce what book we're reading next time so people can buy it. So we're now, what, I reckon we're two right. or three weeks away from the finish here. I can't, I can't quite work But you ought to book. introduce the book so people yeah. can buy it. So when so they're sat on the beach. We, yes, when you go on holiday this August, by the time you get back, obviously you'll have lots of podcasts and video podcasts to watch of... Uh, can't teach your kid to ride a bike. It's I think there's going to be lots of people flying on their aeroplanes, listening, droning out the kids, watching us on their iPad with lots <laughs> of other passengers going, he looks a bit boring. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what we're going to do is, uh, I think given that we've gone for two sales books, both of which are really, in many respects, sort of contradictory and in the same world, really, face-to-face tactical sales books, we're going to do something completely different next month. We're going to read The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker, which apparently is a modern classic on um, effectiveness, productivity, personal productivity, and generally just being good at what you do. So we're quite excited about that. We've ordered our copies today. Um, We'll put some posts up on LinkedIn. It's going to be called The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker. Apparently, it is a business classic, um, and we will be talking about it. I'm sure it will be full of amazing tips. Bryce, what have you got planned for the weekend? I'm going to the Lake District. Very exciting. I'm going to see if I can get my drone to half a kilometre. Half a kilometre in the sky? 500 metres, what do you reckon? On YouTube, there's people with the DJI Spark way higher than that. Well, how, how high have you had yours? I bet you haven't had it 500 metres. About 200 last week in Mallorca. Wow. It's high up 200. And you still had it connected to the phone? Yeah, to the, to the controller, yeah. And did it lose phone connection? No. Nope. But I was in a wide open space with no... Oh, well, this is in the mountains. So... Yeah, you'll be fine. You, as long as you've not got loads of wires. and You know, like around here, it, you'll lose connection with it. Interestingly, the, you, I, I'm, I, I was going to say something about getting on the roof. I've got the option to go on the roof. But as I look out the window, I can see an aeroplane. So that's not happening. Yeah, yeah. But So I'm going to take my drone, well, and my family as well, actually, up to the Lake District and give that a burn. Right, good. Great. Have a good weekend. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. See you next week.